Thank you for this opportunity that we come together and worship you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you prepare our hearts, uh, convict and correct us. Father, help us to uh, be more like you. Help us to renew our minds. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. So in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, most people in here have probably read this scripture. If you read your Bible, you've probably read this. Or you've heard it in sermons. But it's a powerful scripture if we take the time to actually analyze what it's saying. And sometimes scriptures like this can be overlooked by Christians, right? But these are the scriptures that we actually need to cling to as Christians. It says to present our bodies a living sacrifice. That means that we want to offer the God, offer God the best parts of us, everything. Not just the parts we want to offer, all of us. It's not just referring to our, our physical bodies, but our whole body, our mind, our soul, and our spirit as well. And Jesus sacrificed himself so we may be saved. And the only thing we have to do is lay our life down for him and die daily. That's all. And now when you do that, I learned that one from Pastor Matt. When you do that, that means everything. Everything in your life. Your goals, your plans, your desires, your dreams, and your relationships. That's how we continue to renew our minds. By constantly seeking Him. Because that's what our life should be all about. We should be yearning to want to honor God in every aspect of our lives. If you don't, there's a problem with you. By the end of this sermon, hopefully I will have given you some practical ways that you can present your body a living sacrifice and be able to renew your mind. Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed yet or not, uh, but I look a lot different than I did five months ago. (laughs) And by that, for the people that don't know, I was a lot bigger around here and this area, right? And so what had happened is I just like, I let my body just completely go. I got very unhealthy, right? Wasn't taking care of myself. I mean, I didn't even like to wear socks. Some people know that, right? And the reason why is because I didn't like to bend down to put them on because it would push air out of my stomach. I would sound like a rapidly deflating ball. It'd be like, right? Spoiler alert, I have socks on tonight. (laughs) See, I convinced myself that I was completely fine, that I was completely healthy, that everything in my life was okay. He's like, oh, I only eat one meal a day, right? Typically, that would be fast food. I wouldn't eat for most of the day. But then I would sit in bed at night, and I would eat a half a bag of Costco-sized Cheez-Its every night. I'm not even playing. Every single night. Like, they had me. They had me. But it's okay. It's okay. I've been clean for five months now from the Cheez-Its. Um, I did watch on YouTube the other day um, a how to make, how they make Cheez-Its, and I almost relapsed, but I didn't. <laughs> I stayed strong. But what ended up happening is me not maintaining my physical body, 
and I'll just be a little bit vulnerable with you guys tonight. Um, I started having some health problems, right? I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell anybody. Uh, I started getting really bad chest pains uh, around this region. My left arm would start hurting. Uh, my fingertips would go numb. And so uh, one day I just made the choice that I had to decide to change what I was doing. And so uh, I needed to get into shape very, very quickly, right? Because I was worried. You know, I want to be around for my family. I want to do, I want to do the work of the ministry as long as I can until the Lord, until it's his time to take me home, not me forcing that. And so uh, what I decided to do was I started working out. I started intermittent fasting. Um, and Pastor Matt again, help me with that. Oh, shoot. My... <laughs> Um, but what I started doing was working out, and when I started working out, uh, I uh, was watching a lot of YouTube videos, and they say the fastest way to lose fat is to build muscle. And so I was like, I'm going to be in the gym all the time, right? And I did it. It's true. I'm in the gym like five days a week, right? Well, the spot. I go over to the next door. And so... Uh, so the fastest way was to build muscle, right? And the more muscle that I built, uh, the more fat I started to burn. And then I realized that there was uh, three things that go into what I'm doing as a body recomposition. I'm not just losing weight. Like I'm gaining muscle on purpose uh, because I wanted to burn the fat as fast as I could. The three things that you need in a, bo a body recomposition is nutrition, um, what was the second thing? I don't remember. Oh yeah, nutrition, working out. <laughs> I'm all talking about it. Nutrition, working out, and rest. Those are the three things that you need for a body recomposition, right? And so then, as I sat there, the Lord was teaching me through this. Those same things can be applied to your spiritual lives as well. Where are you getting your nutrition from? Is it from the things of God, like the word, worship, prayer, church? sermons, godly relationships, or does it come from the world? Yeah. Movies, music, social media, or ungodly relationships. But if we want to honor God with our whole lives, we must make him priority over everything. Yeah. Everything we say and everything we do should be filtered through his word. In Joshua 1.8, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. His word should be the primary source of our spiritual nutrition. Yeah. It shows us the character of God and what he expects from us. It encourages us when we've become weak. It's inspiring to see the way that he loves us and the extent that he goes to show we are loved by him. Yeah. It also shows us the uncomfortable things about our, our lives, the things that we need to change, the things we need to work on. Yeah. The word teaches us how to die to self by the examples that God had laid out in the people in the Bible. Amen. If the word isn't a priority in your spiritual life, then you're way off the mark. Amen. And believe me, it's easy to let the word fall by the wayside. And I've let, it, I've let it happen to me as well. So what I do now is the first thing I do, right? Because if I don't, what happens if I don't read my word right away in the morning? Uh, what will happen is I'll put it off and put it off and put it off. And before I know it, the day's gotten away from me. And then in the evening, I'm too tired. I don't want to read my Bible because I'm not prioritizing the things of God in my life. So I do it the first thing. First thing I do is read my Bible. 
And about, about a month and a half ago, right, I uh, was reading in Nehemiah, and in chapter 8, I got really convicted. I'm just telling you a bunch of stuff that convicted me. Uh, I was reading in chapter 8, and it said that um, after, after they got done building the wall, if you don't know anything about Nehemiah, go back and read Ezra, then read Nehemiah. Uh, but in chapter 8, they got done building the wall, right? And they sat around in the main courtyard, and they listened to Ezra read the law for half of the day. Yeah. Half of the day. Yeah. Then, the next, the, uh, then in the next chapter, chapter 9, they repented of their sins, yeah. worshipped God for a quarter of the day, and the next quarter of the day, they listened to the law again. Yeah. Half of the day. Yeah. Like, I was so convicted. And for some people, the only scripture they ever see is when somebody else posts on Facebook. Yeah. I can say that, right? Yeah. And I'll tell you this. If you're only reading one scripture a day, that is not going to sustain your spiritual walk. You are going to fall victim to the enemy, and you're going to just end up giving up over time. Yeah. If you let the word fall by the wayside, then where does your nutrition come from? Yeah. Is it the people around you? Because I want to be clear, there is, the Bible is very clear and specific that there are people that you do not need to associate with, 100%. In Psalms 1, 1 and 2, it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits at the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. If the people that you spend the most time with have more of a negative influence on you than you have a positive on them, then you need to stay away from them. Absolutely. Like, I'm not even going to beat around the bush with it. And some of you can probably think of people in your own mind right now where you're like, maybe I shouldn't be around these people. I worked at a union job like seven years ago. And uh, at first, when I first started working there, obviously I didn't know anybody because I just started. Uh, but I would just sit by myself, and I would read my Bible, I'd listen to worship music, right? But as time went on, um, and these people gave me a hard time. Like, I won't tell you where I worked, but they treated me horribly when they found out that I was a pastor, um, a youth pastor. Like, some of the jokes that they made to me, like, I can't even repeat to people. Um, but over time, I allowed that to, to affect me, right? The more that I got to know these people, the more I started spending time with them. I started actually, you know, like kind of joking around here and there. Uh, nothing too bad. Until one day, uh, somebody had made a comment to me. And I won't repeat this to you guys either what I said. Uh, but I said something back to this person. Um, you know, I just, I was just a zinger, like, bam, all of his friends started laughing at him. Like, I mean, a hardcore cut this guy down. And all of his friends were laughing and they were like, I knew you weren't any different than we were. I knew you weren't any different than we were. And then once you build that reputation, there's no coming back. At least it's going to be a long time before you come back from that. Only you know if you're, if you're in those type of relationships with people, right? And I'm not saying to avoid those type of people altogether. Don't. Because if, if you do, then you won't be able to reach people for the Lord. But if they be, begin to affect your heart and your mind, like they had done to me, 
You think I honored God with my words and my life at that moment? No, it's really embarrassing. Instead, allow the people of God to be your main source of friendship. We should want to be around the people of God because there is benefit in spending time with our brothers and sisters in Christ. What type of music or movies do you allow yourself to watch? Because there are things that the Lord absolutely does not want you to watch or want you to hear. 100%. Movies is easy. If you're watching dirty TV shows, if you're watching dirty movies, any of those things, and you know what I'm talking about, you just stop it. Like, don't try to justify in your mind that the Lord's going to be okay with the things that you're watching because if he was sitting right there with you, you wouldn't be doing it. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. And another word for keep is to guard, which means we need to protect our heart and the things that we allow to go into it. And now this might not be popular opinion to people that love their music, but this part is true. Has anybody listened to rap? So you know how music just subtly sinks in, right? I mean, in their old life, anybody listened to rap? I mean, that, that gangster, that hardcore rap. You know when you're sitting there and you're driving down the street and the rap comes on? In your old life, I hope. This, in my old life, I listened to gangster rap. And you start leaning back and you're in a perfectly good mood. And all of a sudden, then you start mad-dogging everybody. You're driving, start bobbing your head, you're mad-dogging, all of a sudden you think you're hard. You know what I'm saying? Person in the crosswalk, you're just mean-mugging them. You guys know what I'm talking about? Did you ever wonder why that happens? Because music actually has real effects on our minds and our bodies. There's been quite a few studies done on music and the effects of the mind and the body. Did you guys know that your heartbeat actually sinks to the music? That's why oftentimes when you're in a bad mood, you listen to music that's like bad mood music, right? Your heart's already sinks to that. You're like, I'm just going to stay angry, right? It can release dopamine. It can release adrenaline. That's why when I work out, I listen to dubstep. That's because it gets my heart going. <laughs> That's clean versions of dubstep. I topped in, typed into Spotify, clean dubstep. <laughs> Music, I'll show you. <laughs> Music can also change the way that we perceive the reality around us. It's been proven in studies. And the reason why, and you're like, how can that happen? It's because... With the music, what happens is the longer that you listen to it, the more callous your heart will become um, with, with music, and you start not caring as much. Why would you have a problem wanting to listen to music that glorifies God if you say you want to honor him? What's the problem with that? Especially with today's music, it's just nasty. It's garbage. There's no need for it. There isn't. No need for it. The reason why I wanted to talk about, on this point, the music and people is because we spend a lot of our time around music and around people, right? Like, I I mean, maybe you listen to talk shows or you drive to work, you know, silently in your car with nothing going on, but most of us listen to music in the car. 
And if we're supposed to be honoring God with everything in, in our lives, then, you know, why wouldn't you do it with your music when you're driving to work? So what are you filling yourself with? We need to apply God's word to our lives. That means we actually have to do work. In Philippians 2, 12 through 13, it says, Therefore, my beloved, beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Now we are saved by grace, but there is a work that we absolutely have to do in our life. If God didn't want us to obey his word, he would have never written it down for us. We must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. It says it right there in the scripture. That means constantly examining yourself before the Lord. We can't just change a few things in our life when we first give our lives to the Lord and expect that to sustain us. We don't work out our salvation by only doing a few things. We work out our salvation by doing everything that must be done. That means when you work in one area in your life and you're done, you go on to the next part of your life that needs. It is a lifelong process that we continue till the end of our life. In 2 Corinthians 13.5, it says, Examine yourselves to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? Are you guys catching that? Do you guys catch that scripture? Do I need to read it again? I don't know if you guys quite understand. Some people, maybe some people don't. The weight of scriptures like this. Like as a pastor, I want to see people saved. I want to see people renew their minds. I want to see people change. I want to see them give their lives to the Lord. And I want to see them bring other people to the Lord. I don't want to be someone at the end of my life that I becomes disqualified. I don't want to be disqualified. I don't want you to be disqualified. If we stop trying to seek the Lord in areas we need work, we will become complacent. And that's exactly where the enemy wants us. The enemy wants to render us ineffective for the kingdom of God. But as believers, we must reject complacency and do the work in our own lives, even when it's hard. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 17. Therefore, gird up your loins of your mind, be sober, and rest. You're hopeful, you're hopefully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Yes. Now, you know what I think a huge problem is, is with our society today? Um, and I don't know if it's just here, or I only, I only am around this area, right? I'll say in the United States, maybe all over the world, I don't know is people have just lost a general fear of who the Lord is. And if you have lost a fear of who the Lord is, then his word doesn't cut you to the core and it doesn't convict you and you read it and nothing changes, you should be very afraid. Allowing ourselves to remain in God's presence is how we're going to become holy. 
more holy. It's where our growth comes from. It's staying with them, right? Now, when I first started working out five months ago, I did a long time ago, back in the day before I had wife and kids and stuff too. But uh, five months ago, when I first started working out, I was doing this thing, what they call the bro split. Does anybody know what the bro split is? Bro splits, anybody? You guys, you don't know anything about working out. <laughs> not you, not you, Pastor Matt. I was saying to the people. <laughs> so, the, so the bro splits, the bro splits is one muscle group a day, right? And they're like, oh, one muscle group a day and you'll be fine. And so at first I was like, yeah, that's what I used to do. That's what I'm going to do now. And so uh, I was only in the gym for like 20 minutes, maybe 25. And that was me and my wife combined, right? Because we work out together. And so I would work out. I'd do a set. She'd do a set. I'd do a set. Uh, And then... And then when I realized after more research that I did on working out, that that is not the optimal way to grow your muscle. It's just not. There's this thing called volume that you should do when you're growing muscle, right? And so after I realized this, realized this I started doing more volume. So now what I do is I work out... Uh, all of my muscle groups twice a week. I'm in the gym for about an hour to an hour and a half, and I always do progressive overload. If you don't know progressive overload, that is, means like weekly you add weight to the bar, right? Or whatever you're doing. So with volume, that's what you have to do to work out, right? To gain muscle faster. But it's the same in our spiritual life. We need to add volume to our relationship with the Lord. It is important that we spend time with the Lord in prayer so that he will reveal the things in our lives that we need to work on. Makes it a lot easier. It also helps us stay away from temptations in our life. In Matthew 26, 36 through 41, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death, stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, Jesus didn't go and pray that one time. That wasn't the only time. He went back the second time. And he came back and they were sleeping. And he went back a third time came back and sleeping. And now I don't know the total time of how long Jesus prayed, but it was a while. I mean, if the first time was an hour and they fell asleep and then he went back, they fell asleep again. I'm just assuming that it was probably an hour again, at least. That was in Jesus' last days. In fact, he even gave up his sleep to spend time with God. He could have been like, hey, God. Me, what it, however he did it, like, like I'm going to be with you in a minute, right? I'm going to go spend time with my friends. I'm going to go hang out. I don't have many days left. This is my last night. It's my last night. Why don't I go spend time with them instead? No, he went and prayed for hours. That's volume. When was the last time that you sought the Lord in prayer for an hour or more at a time? Or have you ever? 
The world has so many distractions that it is easy to not give God the time that he deserves. But if we follow Jesus' examples, we would probably be in prayer a lot more often than we are now. That goes for everybody. I have fallen victim to these things myself. And there's plenty of excuses. I'm too busy. I work too much. I don't have much time for my family. But at the end of the day, that's all those are is excuses because you're going to make time for the things that are important to you in your life. And God should be your first priority over everything else in your life. You don't just fit God in when it benefits you. How many hours do you sit around and watch TV or spend on Facebook or social media? It's probably more than you realize. And so I did you guys a favor and I did some math for you. Um, I actually did it for myself because like I said, the Lord was working these things out in me as well. And I'm just preaching what he taught me through this. So say you only pray for about 10 minutes a day, right? Anybody in here only pray for 10 minutes a day anytime in their life? You're being honest. Thank you. Thank you. It's happened to me before. So if you only pray 10 minutes a day, that would be 3,650 minutes in a year, right? That you prayed which would only be about 60 total hours in a whole year. In more perspective, out of 365 days, that's only a little more than two and a half days. And I'm not saying that's everybody in here. And if you know the amount of time you spend with the Lord every day, you can do your own math. It's really easy. But being honest with myself, there's been times where I've only prayed for 10 minutes. I've woken up and said a quick prayer throughout the day. I've said a quick prayer. See, what we need to start doing as Christians, instead of, instead of just putting things off, is we need to be honest with ourselves completely. Yeah. Yeah. I am probably the hardest person on myself than anybody else. Yeah. Right? Because I want to honor God. Yeah. I know the sacrifice that, he, that Jesus made, giving up his life. There's got to be something more than me just not giving him anything. Yeah. So I wrote this part of my sermon. I don't know if you guys know this, but I wrote this part back in October. um, uh, My second point. And uh, shortly after I wrote this point, I started going back and forth with the Lord uh, about deleting Facebook off of my phone. Because what I was doing was that was the first thing I was doing in the morning. I wasn't praying. I wasn't going to the the Lord. I wasn't uh, reading the word. I was going into Facebook and seeing all the nonsense that's on there. Like, there, there was nothing for me on there. The only thing it did was to distract me from the Lord. And I went back and forth for 20 minutes. I'm not even playing. 20 minutes back and forth. Like, oh, it's fine. I'll just look at it sometimes. And I'll be like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I'll just use self-control. Uh, but it's a lot harder when it's on your phone to use that kind of self-control. And so then I realized, I was like, wait a minute, hold on a second. How am I having such a hard time deleting this stupid app? Can I say stupid? This stupid app off of my phone. How am I having such a hard time with this? The reason why is because I was addicted to it. You know, even a month later, I still pick up my phone and I'll be like, oh yeah, there's nothing to do on here. (laughs) 100%. That's how much I was picking up my phone to go on Facebook. I was putting that before the Lord. I mean, being honest with myself. Now, putting volume in with your relationship with God is 
an important part of your Christian walk, right? It's just like any other relationship that takes work. Any other relationship taking work. If I only spent 10 minutes a day with my wife a year, I wouldn't know her that well at all. In fact, I've spent a lot of time with her over the past 10 years, and I still don't know her that well. (laughs) But apparently I do know the things that she doesn't like. And the reason I know that is because she tells me often, Jeremy, stop that. I told you I don't like that. And then I always act all confused, like, what, you didn't like that? (laughs) She's like, you know I don't like that. Whatever it may be, whatever I'm doing, it's always my, whatever it is, it's my fault for sure. My wife's the best. Now, while working out all these things in our life, we can't forget an important aspect. We must take the time to rest in the Lord. Now, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm just giving you a couple different lessons. I'm giving you some workout lessons and some spiritual lessons as well. But did you know that muscles not actually grown when you're working out, when you're lifting the weights? I mean, when you're lifting the weights, that's when the micro tears happen. When, when do you think the muscles are built? When you're resting. When you're resting is when your muscles are built. Now, people that know me well know that I do absolutely nothing on Monday. I don't. I don't answer my phone, rarely. Uh, I won't take your text messages. I won't look at your messages at all, right? And if I do, I feel very important. (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't do it often. I complete, the only thing I do is I throw the weights around. That's what I do on Monday. I will do that. But the other time is I'm, I'm resting. And the reason why I'm resting is because I want my muscles to grow, right? Like I take one day, I still go and work out, but I spend the rest of the day doing absolutely nothing. My wife can't even get me to go to the store. She's like, let's go to the store. I'm like, you know, it's Monday. She's like, you never go with me. It's true. I won't even go. She's like, come pick up the kids with me. Nope. Not going to happen. The sad part about it, though, is I was actually more concerned with resting so my muscles would get, grow, become stronger than I was with actually resting in the Lord. If we want to be refreshed spiritually, we have to make rest a priority in our lives. And Luke 38, 42 says, 38 through 42, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. Now see, while all of this work was going on around her, she decided to sit at the feet of Jesus and rest with him, clinging to his word, listening to what he was saying. Jesus actually, I mean, he corrected Martha. He was like, stop. Mary put away the distractions and the work and decided to spend time listening to Jesus. 
And now, I'm not telling you to go to work and just on the job be like, Your boss is going to be like, what are you doing? I'm resting in the Lord. Don't do that. If you're paid to do your job, do your job. <laughs> what I'm saying is you need to put a priority on, on rest in your life. We get tired and we get weak. Resting will be able to spiritually restore your heart and your mind. But we have to prioritize a time to rest in the Lord. Even Jesus understands the importance of rest. Look in Mark 6, 30 through 32. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there are many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. Now, this was right before, what was Jesus about to do? It's class time. What was Jesus about to do? No? Okay. This was right before Jesus was about to feed the 5,000 people. I didn't mean to put you guys on the spot. The disciples had been busy. Jesus did not want them to be drained or weary, so he commanded them to rest. And a few scriptures later, after he fed the 5,000, Jesus actually went to a mountain by himself to pray. Jesus was actually resting with God. If you want to be spiritually ready for the next struggle in your life, then you must rest. And now praying and reading the Bible go hand in hand with rest. But there are times when we must quiet the noise and silently wait for the Lord. Now, I'm going to do a little bit of an illustration for you guys. The sound guy's not messing up. This is on on purpose. So what I'm going to... Could you hear me? Nobody could hear me? Are you kidding me? All that important stuff. That was the whole meat of everything. I'm not repeating it. But I was talking the whole time and you couldn't make out what I was saying, right? Sometimes we have to quiet everything around us, right? Like, if you have a a problem hearing from the Lord, if you're like, I never hear from the Lord, it's like, do you ever spend time silently with Him? Do you ever shut your mind off? Do you ever shut your TV off? Do you ever shut your music off? Do you ever not be around people and just sit and rest on the Lord? Sitting in silence, waiting, and I mean waiting to hear from Him. If you need a word from the Lord, sit in His presence and rest with Him. Keep your mouth closed. Turn your brain off. Something. In Psalm 62, 1 through 2, it says, Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Now, David actually repeats this same thing in verse 5, so it must be important. Saying that my soul silently waits for the Lord. See, oftentimes that's what we forget is that we should sit in God's presence alone with nothing going on. It's a lot harder than you think, right? Like, 
especially like I have ADHD, right? So my brain will be all over the place. I mean, especially even if I'm just reading the Bible, right? I'll just, I'll have to reread the same chapter over and over because my brain shuts off after two lines. But we have to be willing to just put those things to the side, turn your mind off, close your mouth. And I know it's hard to do it, but resting with the Lord is going to be beneficial for your spiritual life. Now, if we make those three things that I just talked about a priority in your spiritual life, nutrition, working out, and rest, you'll be spiritually restored more often, and you'll be ready for the things that God has for your future. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we come together and worship you. Father, I pray that you just continue to renew our minds and renew our hearts. Lord, I pray that we take the things that we heard here today and we change our lives, Father. I pray that we can become holy and acceptable in your sight. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.